Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Welcome to the Full Blast Podcast. I'm Jeff Fader. Before we get into it, with Ben Paik, Wobie Designs back. Let's talk a care a little bit of business. Let's take care a little business, I should say. First things first is Broadbeck Ironworks, makers of the 2x72 grinder. It's a grinder made for knife makers, metal workers, woodworkers. If, you, if you're moving material and you need a grinder, get yourself one of them uh, Broadbeck Ironworks 2x72s. And it's great. And it goes horizontally, goes vertically. They have different attachments for different things that you need. Uh, 2x72 belt, belt is a, uh, grinder is a great grinder to have if you're moving material. And if you go to broadbeckironworks.com, you put in the promo code KNIFETALK200, you can get $200 discount off any of their grinder packages. And if you put in Knife Talk 100, you're going to get $100 off their sharpening system, surface belt grinder, and their leather sewing machine. So definitely take a look at what they've got going. I have two of them. I swear by them. I have a number of grinders, and the Broadbecks are my favorite by a mile. Uh, I also really love their uh, all their attachments are really great. And if you don't have a, if you have a don't have a Broadback ch- uh, chassis, and you want to say, well, you know, I got a this, that, the other thing. They're they're very user friendly, so you can adapt their their attachments, and it's definitely worth it. So thank you very much, Broadback Ironworks. Next is Evenheat. Evenheat is a manufacturer of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. These ovens are awesome. If you're heat treating tools, if you're heat treating knives, you're heat treating swords, if you're heat treating axes, hammers, whatever needs to be heat treated. If you're if you're a potter and you're looking for something to make sure that your pottery gets uh, whatevered right, I don't know what they what they whatever heated up and fixed up, and I don't know what the hell's going on. Pottery's not my game, but at the same time, if I were if were my game, I get even heat to make sure my pottery was potted. I don't know what I don't even know what you call it heated. I don't know what you call it. Don't worry about that. But if you go to like I said, even heat even heat-kiln.com, check out what they have. You should definitely check it out. And if you go to follow Knife Talk, where uh, we have a distributor that is giving you a hundred dollars off, seventy-five dollars off in free shipping in the United States. Don't fool around. Get the even heat. It's the best. I've been putting mine through the paces, and I love it. So thank you very much. The and they're a small family, and and um, I love these guys. The small family, Spence, and the, and the whole gang is there, and even heat's the best. So thank you very much. Next is Nordic Edge. If you're in Australia, when you say to yourself, "I've been listening to Knife Talk. I've been listening to Full Blast. I like to learn how to make a knife," go check out NordicEdge.com.au, and you will see all the different things that they have. They have tools for for professionals. They also have starter kits for people who want to get involved in knife making. You can get a, a, a already heat treated gr- knife that's ready for a handle. Get yourself squared away and they've been doing this since uh, 2015. They've been working with a lot of knife makers like Mertansu making awesome uh, file guides. The Big Mert is a real special uh, 
uh, file guide if you're getting your plunge lines plunge lines right or you're trying to get your tank squared away go get yourself one of them big mert file guides and you actually if you're in the United States knifekits.com is holding on to they have they can sell the big mert file guide so definitely check out what those guys have and it, you know like you need some different types of lumber different types of timber wood or in Australia they don't call it wood they call it timber so get yourself some of that timber down in Australia over the Nordic, Nordic edge and see what they have and also remember this they're teaching class so if you want, if you're in Australia, you want to learn how to do something, go check out what they got. So I appreciate uh, the guys over at Nordic Edge, and awesome. Uh, thank you very much. Next is Maritime Knife Supply, MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca. They have all your knife making needs: belts, abrasives, steels, kilns, forges, presses, heat treating ovens, anvils, and everything else you need to get started or resupplied. Uh, they're in Canada, but they ship to the United States just as fast as if you were to get it in the United States. So you can take advantage of the exchange rate. I don't know what that is, but I, apparently it's good. And their shipping is just as quickly as anything else. Uh, Lawrence Lake is a knife maker, and he understands what you need. Uh, if you need a brooch, he's got brooches. If you need uh, Rockwell chisels, he's got Rockwell chisels. If you want material that you don't have or you don't think he has, send him a message, and he'll definitely get it to you. He has all the TR Maker equipment. He has Dr. Laren Thomas's must-have book, Knife Engineering, and he'll get you squared away. So go thank him by buying some stuff from old, old Lawrence Lake and let him know that uh, we appreciate you. And if you get a uh, 10-pack of belts, you will get 10% off, and that means you get one bell free. So thank you very much, Maritime Knife Supply. Next is Trojan Horse Forge, makers of the Stable Rail Knife Finishing Vice. I just used my Stable Rail. I didn't just use my Stable Rail Knife Finishing Vice. I only use my Stable Rail Knife Finishing Vice for two times per knife. So if, I, if it's, I'm hand sanding it, I'm using the Stable Rail Knife Finishing Vice. If I'm finishing the handle, I'm using the Stable Nail Knife Finishing Vice. It moves around. It fits in your tabletop vice. It's got awesome... There you go. Cracking. Crack. That's, that's called Irish crickets. Did you know those are called Irish crickets? That's fine. I apologize. No. I was getting thirsty. Go get yourself some of that thirst. Go fix it. <laughs> fix, your, fix your problems, Ben. Fix your problems. The, so the, the Stable Rail Knife Finishing Vice is covered in, in rubber. It has awesome uh it's very it, it pads your knife if you're hand sanding it it's, if you got a if you have a uh kirk uh, if you got a kukri if you got a, a integral bolster it supports your distal tape or whatever you got so definitely check out the trojan horse knife finishing vice the stable rail knife finishing vice and if you put in the promo code full blast you get free shipping united states so go check out what's going on with them and I certainly, certainly do appreciate everything they've done. Uh, they are great people I, in the heart of Texas. God bless them. And TrojanHorseForge.com. They have payment plans, too. So if you're trying to hide this expenditure from your beloved other and you don't want them to know, you just lumped out all this money, do the, the, the payment plan. Well, they won't know nothing. Trust me, I tell you. Next is Baker Forge and Tool, makers of the most incredible exotic steels I've ever seen. Uh, Koi Baker's been developing his own technique for fusion welding copper directly to carbon steel without the aid of pure nickel. He makes Go Mai, copper Go Mai. So what San Mai is, he makes San Mai, he makes exotic steels. I know he does a lot of Damascus and, and mosaics. Whatever you need, he's got br bronze Mai with a layer of bronze in the middle. 
and I know what you're saying. Well, this looks hard to use. I've been using it, and it is not hard to use. Actually, if you're a stock removal guy, this is the stuff for you. It has a layer of copper in the middle, so when you're grinding, you actually see where your core is released, so that the copper almost acts as like a border, so you know exactly where you are, which is awesome. It really is a is amazing stuff. It's easy to heat treat. Uh, I get this. I get uh, rainbow. I get raindrop Damascus uh, copper mine. I love it, and it heat treats easy. It's got a 80 CRT, 80 CRV. Uh, core, which is easy to heat treat, nothing, nothing special. All you're doing is heat treating it to the core, get that even heat squared away, and it etches easy, and it finishes easy. And one of the things you can etch it with is Ben. Do you know what etching is? When you harden the steel? No, 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 no. no etching is when you when you're taking the steel away. You're like uh -huh. if you have Damascus, you have high you have high carbon steel and high nickel steel, and then you put it in ferric chloride. And then the ferric chloride eats the high carbon steel and leaves the high nickel steel alone. And that gives you that contrast in Damascus. Yeah, yeah, when you dip it, right? When you dip it, right. When so you're what, dipping. When you dip it. So what? listen to this. What Baker Forge and Teal Steel, uh, Baker Forge and Tool did was they made their own etchant, their own etchant that you don't have to mix. Usually it's a little bit of ferric, a little bit of water, bingo, bango, bongo. They mm. made a pre-mixed pre etchant. What do you think they called it? Pre-etch? No. Dip it? Better, no, you know what? That's not a bad name either. Dip it is not a bad name either. They named it Gator Piss. <laughs> and, it, and it's everyone loves it. It's because it looks like it's, it looks like it, and it takes that stuff away. It's awesome stuff. Everyone seems to like it. The name is the name. I mean, Koi uh, knows what he's doing. I mean, he knows the boy knows what he's doing. So he he, uh, he thinks it's okay. So I'm with you. So if you go to if you go to bakerforge.com and you put in the promo code full blast, you're going to get 10% off your order. You can get 10% off all the all the debt all the the copper mines and the bronze mines, all the exotic steels. You can get 10% off the Gator piss, you know? Nice. So Google That yourself. is actually a really good name. That, I don't think I'll ever forget that. You, there you go. See Koi? You they, did they right know what thing. they're doing. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Coy knows what he's doing. He's, he says, I know it's a very questionable. It's, I get some guys who are saying, I don't know if I can tell my customers that I'm using Gator Piss to etch this knife. I'm like, oh, listen, I, I'm with you. But he, he ain't selling it to your customers. He's selling it to you. So keep your mouth shut. Go get yourself some of that Gator Piss. Don't tell your customers what it is. They don't need to know. It's fine. So go get yourself some of that uh, extra special Gator Piss over at Baker Fortune Tool. And you won't regret it. Get yourself 10% uh, off with the, with the full blast as the promo code. So, like I said, I love this stuff. I bought a couple more pieces. It's worth it. It's great stuff. And last but not least, Ben's favorite company of all time, Total Boat. Total Boat, baby. Total Boat, baby. They're the makers of adhesive paints, primers, polishing compounds. They started out as a company for boaters and DIYers, and they understand your projects need to go smoothly. That's why they're constantly finding ways to make their uh, products better, easier to use, more sustainable, less expensive. This stuff is great. I've been using, um, and I'm telling, I'm talking to the knife makers. I know all you woodworkers, you know uh, Keith Johnson and Keith Deason and Keith Mitchell. Every Keith made with wood. <laughs> yeah, you're using Total Boat, and I know Jimmy. Dur I've been saying it before. I'll say it again. Jimmy Duresta, he'll find any dead animal he can find on the road. He'll shove it in the Total Boat, and he'll make a weird sculpture with all the dead animals. I understand, but if you're a knife maker, I've been using the their two part epoxy 
for uh, for handles exclusively since the fall. And I've been having great results. I've been having great results using their 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 pump system. And their pump system is great because one pump each is definitely good enough for one knife. And it's it feels very user friendly. You got to get the other pump. I know, I know. That I, listen, big pump changes the game. The big pump changes the game. Here's the problem. I'm not doing that much volume. Like if I do, if I use the epoxy. Uh -huh. I'm maybe doing three pumps maximum because I don't. Mm. I want to be able to do like three pumps gets me like, you know, four not four sets of knives squared away, and I try to mm -hmm. do it in batches. But I definitely I keep my eye on it. Listen, Kristen did me a solid, so I can't be hawking her in China for everything, you know. I can't be bugging her for every <laughs> single thing I want, you know. I mean, Derek, that's for Derek from Malden does. He, <laughs> he he takes and he takes and he takes and he takes and everyone gives and he smiles and he he says thank you and that's it. But if you go nope. to if you go to Total Boat. Dot com, put in the promo code full blast, or I'm sure you could put in the promo code Woby, right? It's uh, yeah, total boat, uh, slash Woby. Did put it, put in Woby, put it in everybody, all those total boat guys. Let's let's move some total boat, but a knife makers, listen, I'm telling you, this stuff is very good and I like it very much. And um, it's the epoxy that I use for my knife handle scale. So check out what they got going on, and uh, full blast 10 or Woby gets you 10% off. So get yourself some of that total boat, baby. Total boat. Woo! Well, that that reminds me, my guest is back. Ben Paik, Woby Design, is here. Woby's the man. Ben's been super busy. He's being super flexible. He's got a kid on the way, and he was he's getting in here before the kid comes, and then all hell's gonna break loose. Oh, ben, how are you? It's gonna be different now. After that, it's gonna be completely different. Are you excited? Uh, yeah. Now I'm super excited. Can't wait. Um. But up until here, like I was kind of worried, scared, yeah, just terrified. The weird know. thing about having a kid is, is everybody watches movies, and it's usually at the end of the movie the baby comes, and then the curtains over, you know, the, mm -hmm, the, the mm -hmm. movie stops. But that when as soon as the baby is born, that's really when shit starts, and it's crazy because like all of a sudden it's like it can be intense, but just know that you know dumber people than us have raised kids so that's that's pretty much what i'm coming to a conclusion i'm like <laughs> my parents probably had zero resources right that we have and they did it perfectly i mean they did a pretty good job so um i'm just assuming you know if other people could do it i could probably do it it just it's just something brand new that i have to actually take uh, be responsible for uh, right. certain human beings. So yeah, that's probably what's what was scaring me the most. Um, but now I'm just really excited. I think I wanted this um, almost this change, and you know, I, I honestly last two three years I've been slowly losing interest and losing the reason why I'm doing certain things, and I think this baby i mean hopefully she just changes everything and it's i think i'm slowly seeing the changes already and just being a little more responsible maturing up a little more um yeah i, I feel like i'm working a little harder because i know what's coming so you know it's a daughter you're gonna have a daughter yeah that's awesome i listen i'm a, i'm a, the father of a daughter it's awesome have you been getting a lot of advice from people? Unsolicited advice? Um, 
Yes and no. Um, it's just there's mixed um, <laughs> advice that's coming from everybody. But most of the advice is, is you're not going to get that much sleep in the yeah. first three months. Um, you know, sleep when you can, eat when you can, you know, stuff like that. But other than that, I try not to ask for any advice because yeah. everybody's different. Everyone's yeah. parents' parenting style is going to be different. Every kid's going to be different. Like one thing that works for other parents isn't going to work for our kids. So I'm just trying to pretty much, you know, take it day by day and see what the kid is like and go from there. I'm going to give you some advice that I know that you have not gotten before. Give it to me. Don't do baby talk. Mm, yeah. I'll tell I, you why. I'll tell you why. Uh-huh. Especially when they're a little bit on the younger side, like one, two, they like to be talked to like a normal person. And you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised at how my kid. I never did that baby. I could never catch me. I hated that, and I felt like why don't you just talk to her like a normal person? And then mm -hmm. I would talk to her like a normal person. And she told me later in life that she felt like I respected the person that she was, and I wasn't like infantilizing her as a child. Mm. And then I also let her curse by when she was thirteen. Yeah. You what, what was that? I let her you curse. Let, I let uh -huh. her use bad words. I, I made the point. I said to her, no, I'm 13, maybe like 15. Uh -huh. I said, I said, uh, we want you <coughs> to be able to express yourself to us the best way you, you, you can. Mm -hmm. But you got to know you can't curse in school and you can't say, you know, say fuck you to your grandmother or anything like that. But I mean, <laughs> you, but, but I mean, all of a sudden it changed our relationship because we got to see the real person. It was very interesting. Right. So that's it. That's all the advice I'm going to give you. That's that's really good. Yeah. I think treating her with respect yeah. and giving her, you know, the chance to yeah. correct it. Cuz that's the biggest thing I have whereas my par uh, my wife she wants to I think she's going to be like a helicopter mom. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Whereas I had a helicopter mom, so I want the kid to be more free, uh, be able to, you know, make their own decisions and not you know like me just ho hovering around the whole time but that's and good so yeah i think i completely agree with you on the things that you just said right you now. gotta have the yin and yang the yin and yang is the best because you have like almost it's like good cop bad cop like yeah you have totally two different person two different personalities and the parents is a good thing if you're both if you're both two on the you know exactly on the money nonsense it's not as it's not as good but you're gonna be great it, sound, it sounds like you're excited and your wife's feeling okay yeah, she's uh, she's doing great. Um, now she's just getting really tired. Yeah, but we had a really good pregnancy so far. She had yeah, baby's knock healthy. On wood. Knock on wood. Yeah, God bless. Knock on wood. Yeah. So the baby's head's getting a little too big, though. <laughs> why is why do you say that? So I guess normally Asian babies have bigger heads on average. Never heard of and that before. Yeah. So if, and I guess if you consume a lot of sugar the baby's head grows faster. Whoa. Yeah. So the doctor's saying, hey, you know, your baby's head's getting bigger. It's probably not a good idea to keep eating sugar because it's going to be hard for her uh, during labor. <sighs> yeah. yeah. No, you don't want that big head. You don't want yeah. that, big, that big head's going to cause some big problems. Yeah. Holy mackerel. So, 
Yeah. My kid had a when we had a when we my kid was born, they had to use like a suction cup or like a something to pull that baby head out. It's normal. They're normal. Really? She's big. She, kid was big. My kid was big. No, it wasn't as big as well, not that big, but I mean they had to use like a like a suction cup to get that head and then the head got coney for a couple for a couple weeks it like it like it goes away but it was like this you know it was a little bit bizarre i heard that's yeah that's gonna kind of creep me out it'll be fine like i'm i'm okay with babies but fresh babies are just kind of i don't know i feel like i'm a little too aggressive with my handling and I don't know my own strength sometimes. Like you'd be kind of scared. Yeah, you're gonna you're the you're he, the human body is gonna kick in, and you're gonna like the like the years and years of like uh, the years and years of DNA of raising children is gonna kick in. And you'll be mm. fine. I'll crush that baby. Actually, the funny thing is, is I was uh, we were helping some friends of ours babysitting, and the mother was kind of like n- not really watching her kid, and her kid was just learning how to walk. And I was just—I just happened to be standing with my my pants in my pockets, and then the baby started to keel over, and I just my pant like out of some sort of weird instinct, I just leaned over and I caught her right before she fell, and the mother was like, "Whoa, father instincts!" I'm like, "Yeah, shit doesn't go away. <laughs> you learn that shit, and then all of a sudden you're just like you're like all of a sudden it's like Spider-Man shit. So I expect that you'll have that Spider-Man Spidey sense, and everything will be you'll be catching babies, and you know no, it'll be no problem." Uh, thank you. So, I was watching your videos, and I, and, I, and uh, this podcast lately has been a lot of um, talking to you know people who are doing work with uh, CNC machines and futuristic kind of technology, but mm-hmm. also a lot of blacksmiths and bladesmiths. So, there's, you have this real duality between you know the future and the past, and it's kind of been really interesting. And I was watching your video last night on the t- the latest table you've made. Mm-hmm. The latest table you made, you made it out of. I I love what you do. I love everything you do, and one of the things I love about what you do is the, is is taking all the recycled skateboards and figuring out the parts that are would normally go to waste. So there's a section that you were you were pointing out when I when you cut the skateboards down where the trucks are installed. There are the holes on it, and it's just the way it's concave. They're hard to use, and you figured out a way to use those parts. You made a beautiful table. Thank you. What I loved about it is, number one, you figured out how to use the table, and then you made a design that felt to me like it was made with a computer. So you made these little hex uh, mosaic tiles, and you kind of fit them all together. It really was a very, I mean, you have a style about you that that seems more computer-made than handmade. Yeah. um, I think what I tried to do is because... It takes such a long time to make anything out of skateboards. I just want to make sure I'm not wasting my time and get it right the first time. So in order to do that, I have to kind of prototype everything and kind of visualize everything before I make it. And I'm pretty much roughly designing everything on the computer first. And then I go into the shop and start working on it. And those hexagons... um, the, the whole pattern was going to be hexagons, but I didn't know it was going to be that specific pattern. So um, when I'm doing the design, it's mostly for dimensional uh, prototyping right. and, you know, just a, like a rough pattern. And yeah, and somehow like I kind of play around with the 
the hexagons because there's three different variation variation of three different colors right so nine different stacks of uh, hexagons that are all different colors um so in order to mix and match that it's just i don't know a lot of times i'd never show it on camera but it sometimes it takes me a full day just to get the right size and right pattern so it doesn't look kind of like you know broken up and everything looks seamless and yeah that's the one thing about all your videos. I love your work using skateboards. It's not just skateboards. You're using skateboard decks that have color in them. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen, I have had skateboard decks where there's no color in between the plywood. And you've really kind of figured out a way to take away the, 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 the color parts and kind of organize them to kind of, that's, part, that's more about the, the design than the actual skateboard itself. You know, and it's like it it becomes this, you know, it's like a very it's almost everything seems like an algorithm to me. Like there's always you always have these very what I love about it is like you show how you the how you you showed how you created a jig to cut the hexagons. And then it's just it was like this two part uh, on a sled. You built this angle and then the first cut makes the first cut and then and it goes to the second angle and then it makes all the rest of the angles. And I just I loved the simplicity of it, but also the tediousness of it. I love the tediousness of it. I seem I I feel like your work it's in itself in and of itself is a lot about being tedious. Yeah, it, and I still hate it. <laughs> I don't know if you hate it though. But that's I mean that's woodworking in general, but I mean you're you're la- you're it's laborious what you do. Mhm. But I did talk to my wife about this and when I'm doing those repeated cuts, sometimes it's completely silent. I don't have music on. I just have my headphones on for noise canceling. But for literally three hours or two hours when I'm making those cuts, I think nothing else but making those cuts sometimes. Wow. And I'm in like a complete trance. Like I, It's so cliche to say this, but I'm thinking about nothing. And I think, you know, just having that time of not thinking is actually making me kind of be sane and not be crazy and i feel like you know it's just mentally it's just helpful to just be away from your phone not listening to a single thing and just literally focus on what you're doing for however many hours it is it is very that whole there's a they call it the flow state or it's a very meditative state i i get the only time i ever really get that is when i'm running like I can't, mm. I also, I like doing repetitive things. Like uh, I, I've just got a milling machine lately and I've been making these slotted bolsters for, for knives. And I spent one day just doing them all. I loved it. And back in the day when I was in a metal shop, I loved, you know, drilling holes all day. Like I, I liked it. I, I like that re- rep- repetition because it's, it's more along the lines of, it's about the greater hole. It's the, mm-hmm. the greater hole. So I totally understand that. Yeah. How is, how's the van going? watched a lot of van vans actually going really good um so far now i have it i mean i haven't posted any youtube videos about it but up until now i did the framing for the floor flooring is done framing for the side walls are done ceilings done um right now i'm starting on the wiring um and then i could insulate it and then close up the whole walls and then that's 
pretty much I want to say a third done. A third done. Yeah. So I think what that's you, the biggest part. So what you've done for the listeners, you got a uh, you got a installation van for the most part. What, what are those called? What kind of vans are those called? Cargo, Cargo vans. Cargo van, and you're going to yeah. turn it into like for the most part an RV. Like right? a yeah luxury camper van, I guess. Was well, your videos are great because it's like you're very very focused on you know exactly what you're going to do and I love the preamble ones before you start to kind of like even get the truck and you're talking about like what your plans are and what your plans are and your 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 life in car manufacture or car the car business in general I at some point we got to talk about uh, maybe when we start doing weird news we're going to talk about a uh, function feature and uh, benefit I love that con mm. that concept of fun can you explain what function feature and benefit is so f when when i'm at the auto shows and representing a car manufacturer a lot of times we have to showcase their new features and new things that they added on that's you know um that's going to be beneficial for the consumers right so we use this analogy called feature function benefit so let's say f the feature is blind spot detection so the feature is blind spot detection feature function how does it work so it works by uh, function would be how it works by having sensors on the sides of the car and it's going to alert you when um, there's a car on your blind spot and then benefit would be instead of turning your whole entire head to check both sides of the car that you're turning into, you could just look at the side mirrors and the little light will blink on and that's going to be beneficial for you so you don't have to constantly move and keep your eyes away from the road. I love so. the idea that it's, it's almost like a sale. It's almost like this. It's almost for sales. You know, it is. It's, it, it's completely a sales pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a three-part, it's a three-part, like, organization of your thoughts mm -hmm. to figure out exactly, you know, this is what it did, this is what it is, this is what it does, and this is why it's going to be good for you. I, right. I like that you added that in because it really kind of may give you a very strong understanding of what you're going to be doing in general. And all of a sudden, I'm trying to think, well, what kind of bits can we do with, with uh, feature form? Well, I want to work on that. But when you got the was a was a Mercedes Mercedes Benz cargo truck, right? Yes. When you picked it up, and you all of a sudden you you figured it out, you figured out the plans, you figured out what you're going to get, you did a lot of research and everything like that. When you first opened the back and you were going to start working on it, what was your level of terror like? Were I was nervous? pretty much so scared that I didn't start on it for the uh, first two years, uh, year and a half. You. I don't blame you. So I bought it, and I was like, okay, I got to get started on it. And then I was like, okay, I'll start the first year or uh, during the New Year's. And then I got kicked out of my uh, shipping container shop, so I was like, oh, I'll wait until my new shop is settled. And then I waited even longer, and then it just kept going on and on, and I was like, I have to just get started on it and see where it goes. And that's why I'm kind of in this groove right now. And I'm like, the baby's really <laughs> motivating me to just get it done at this point. 
the, the story of your eviction is in the last time you were here. We talked all about it. So if you're listening to this and you're like, what is he talking about? Go listen to the first episode uh, with Ben, and, and he tells he tells it in great yeah. detail. It's a crazy story. Um, I would imagine as soon as you pull that angle grinder out and you started cutting holes in the sides of the thing, I'm, all I'm thinking to myself is like, I'm, I'm gonna have, you know I'm gonna have diarrhea. I'm gonna I <laughs> literally <laughs> just sat there for three hours just staring at the van. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, if I if I do this wrong, that is, I can't go back. And but I mean, this, it, it's going well though, right? Yeah, and I think I recommend this to anybody who's going to be doing van conversion. Cut that hole first. And once you cut the first hole, you're going to be like, okay, this is, this is it. Like, you know, you're already in it. You got started. But unless you, yeah, if you don't cut the hole, then you haven't really started. Right, 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 right. It's like getting punched in the face for the first time. If yeah. you're a boxer, you really just need to get that out and over with. Mm-hmm. Is that a big, is, is van conversion a big thing now? I think so. I mean, especially during when COVID hit, that was really popular. I think a lot of people wanted to still travel and get out of the city. And, you know, during that time, everybody couldn't go outside of the country. So they still wanted to travel. And a lot of people now, especially for the younger generation, I don't think we have enough money to put a down payment on a house. Right. And what people would rather do have have the freedom to just travel everywhere. And with the technology being so great and having internet anywhere and having all these remote jobs now, it's so much more convenient for a lot of people to just keep traveling and work in their van. And just the idea of just not, you know, bound by one place is what's i think appealing to a lot of people right now so is having the baby (laughs) imminently is that put any kind of effect on the the whole the original idea that you and your wife were going to go traveling around or yeah yeah it completely fucked it up (laughs) (laughs) it's no longer uh so the whole plan was to have the van ready travel this year um around like may to go all around the u.s Uh, we wanted to go all 48 states wow um even including alaska but now that this baby's coming and the whole van itself too i only designed it in a way that only two people could fit comfortably oh boy and i could have guests come over to have dinner or whatever but they're not it's not going to be comfortable to have more than two people in the van but um so now what i have to do is i'm still actually trying to figure out a way that i could have a baby seat in there uh but most likely i'm going to have we're gonna have to do like a maybe maybe like a small trip and other than that i have to sell this and pretty much use that as a down payment on a house oh okay so you're gonna build this thing out now yeah look you know what less miles on it and you're gonna have a someone's gonna get a freshie exactly exactly all right so it'll be pretty much brand new and i'm only doing that trip to do a test and see what's wrong with it if there's any improvements that i could be making and go from there but i'm still building it out as if i would be owning it um and pretty much putting in every 
everything that's pretty much updated and brand new and right. most expensive ones pretty much <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so are you are you dreading it or do you what do you, what's your idea of when do you think it'll be done right now i think um I don't know. With the baby coming, I think the three months, I really don't want to work on it and right. spend time with the baby. Yeah, of course. Yeah, just be more involved. And hopefully I'm done by end of this year for sure. Uh, but as of now, I'm very motivated to do the work right now. I got done with one of the more complicated parts now, and everything is going to be a little bit more smoother. And as soon as i'm done with the electrical that's when i'll know exactly how long everything's gonna take and pretty much yeah pretty much the biggest hurdle was doing electrical so we'll see after that but yeah everything else should be fairly easy you're just making a few furnitures in the shop or inside yeah. the van so yeah so it's all going to be installation after that you can build everything in your shop and then you can just going to install it yeah so that sounds good. Yeah, maybe I'm taking it too lightly. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? Maybe you better take it lightly. Maybe you better yeah. take it lightly. You've already done the, you've already, sounds like you've done the hard work. Maybe you better take it a little lightly. Otherwise, you, you never know. Yeah. I love, I love, love, love the staircase that you built, the foldable staircase. But what I'm I love so more, but what I love more, what I love more about the staircase is how mad people get every time you post it. Or mm -hmm. how mad you think they get every time they post it. It's so fun because right now I really don't have that much content to post because I'm learning about the van, especially doing electrical stuff. It's like all the boring stuff that nobody really want to see. And time to time I would make things out of skateboards, but you could only get so much content out of one right. table, you know? Right. So... I, I've been, you know, just on Instagram scrolling and stuff, and I just start realizing so many people. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people who went to WorksbenchCon, they're probably talking about the same thing. You got to create content, you got to do something new, and all this, and you got to follow the algorithm, and you got to post every day, and all this stupid stuff. But what I realized, there's so many content out there, just zero effort whatsoever, and they just post it and it just hits. So you never know. As a content creator, which one's gonna actually hit and which one's not? And this is all getting determined by algorithm, and it just it sucks. At yeah, at this point, I'm kind of over it. So what I realized, why don't I just make people or whoever's following me already? From there, let's start sorting out who's gonna actually stay if I do something stupid and who's gonna leave as soon as I do something, one thing wrong. And if these, if you're the type of person that's gonna complain on someone else's page for the stuff that they're posting, then one day they're gonna, po they're gonna do a complaint no matter what you post because it doesn't align with whatever they want. So instead of, you know, dealing with that later, let's just kick them out now, pretty much at this well, point. <laughs> it's, you know what, it's funny that you say that because uh, I've, I've been podcasting for, you know, probably over, probably around 12 years. But one of the podcasts I'm on, Knife Talk, when I came on, we would get complaints because, 
they need to change things up. And, and my friend Mareko and I came on and we got a little bit bodier than it used to be. And, uh, and uh, we got these complaints about like, well, I, you know, I listened to, I listened to this with my, ch I listened to knife talk with my children in the car. And now that Jeff's mm -hmm. here, he says terrible things. And, and at first I was like, this is great. Now I have some fucking content. So I did a whole bit on people bitching and it was awesome. And it, it but the weird part is, is like, you know, with content, people are there to see what you're doing, but the, but it's the weird part is is it's as if they want they're expecting you to do what they want them to want. They yeah. expect they expect you to do what they want you to do, mm -hmm. and when you don't, instead of just being like, okay, fine, you know, I, you know, you posted something, no no big deal, on with my life. They have the nerve to write to you and say stuff like this is clickbait why don't you do something else and i don't use fucking nerve huh it's it's a it's obnoxious it's like obnoxious i'll get like a guy on knife talk i'll talk about like i had a i had an issue with um we were at an event and i and i felt i feel as though in the blacksmithing community in the in the in the in the maker community where people are learning on on instagram and learning on youtube and stuff like that there's a, a real lack of 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 education in terms of safety that they would have learned if they worked at a shop you know any kind of kind of metal shop but mm -hmm. because they've never worked in a metal shop they don't learn about safety so i was making a comment about i felt like there's some practice there's some safety practices that are being overlooked one guy wrote to me he goes he goes oh, i oh, i can't i'm i'm gonna listen to this and this is an unlistenable podcast and i'll come back if it's if it's if it's listenable and it was just like they made this whole comment about like they didn't like the content that i was talking about so they felt the need to just like let me know that they didn't like what i was talking about like mm -hmm. god god forbid i ever talk about i don't talk about politics only just because i don't really want people to tell me their politics so i don't tell them mine but I'm like i mean you can't there's all these things that you can and can't say because just people get so offended well but they get they they like what you're doing and they like you and then if you do something that they don't like all of a sudden instead of being like okay this is a person like a solitary person does whatever they want they they get mad that you're not doing what they want you them yeah. to do Mm -hmm. it, but I, but the fact is, is the fact is, is you, you, you like you, you put your kick your heels in, and then you keep going. I, I one of my favorite shorts you did or, or reels that you did was you're walking up the staircase, and all these people they tell you, they tell you about, uh, they tell you you need a railing and stuff like that, and you did this very funny pretend to fall off the side of a railing and with that <laughs> you know dumb ways to die song. I thought that was really, 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 really funny. Yeah, so I'm pretty much going to do it this whole month. Um, I'm calling it Ma March Madness. And, Perfect. Perfect. Um, I'm going to take a break on weekends, but Monday through Friday, I'm just going to keep posting and see what happens. That's hilarious. Yeah. That is hilarious. See, the, I would love to do that stuff, but my business is not like... It's content... I was talking to uh, somebody who works for me, and we we're talking about the, why the kind of content that I do at Fader Knives, and it's to lead people to buy knives. So, mm -hmm. like, I have to stay away from certain things, and I really want to kind of make this more the public relations to get people to the website. So it's it's interesting because it's like all of a sudden for me to do like funny funny reels and doing all that stuff, it doesn't really the juice necessarily isn't worth the squeeze, mm -hmm. you know.
but I, 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 I love everything. There's nothing you do that I don't like. And I, I mean, I love, I mean, seriously, it's like, I love the staircase stuff. All the different bits you have with the staircase and, and in real, in regards to what people say about your staircase. I fucking love it. Thank you. So is there anything else you want to catch up on or you want to do some weird news? Let's do it. Let's right. do, do some weird news. So basically, so usually what I, what happens is, uh, is if I have someone on a couple times, uh, you know, we'll start doing some weird news. So I find all this weird podcast news and then I'll read you the headline. And if you like it, we'll talk about it. If you don't like it, we won't talk about it. We can skip to the next one. So the first, first weird news is a plane spends 16 hours in the air and ends up back at the same New Zealand airport. You fly a lot, don't you? I do. I want you to, I I'm going to read the story and I want to know your level of, insa- of how insane you'd be. I would be so pissed. Listen to this. Listen to this. Passengers on the flight from New Zealand to New York spent 16 hours in the air just to end up at the same airport they began at. The new, uh, the Air New Zealand nonstop flight from Auckland to New York had been in the air for eight hours Thursday, and it was about 2,000 miles from California when the airline received word that an electrical fire at JFK in New York had led to Terminal 1 being closed. The airline said the decision was made for the plane to turn around and return to Auckland, where it landed 16 hours after departing. They couldn't land anywhere else? They could, uh, deferring to another U.S. airport would have meant the aircraft would have had to remain on the ground for several days, impacting the number of other scheduled services and customers, an airline uh, spokesman told. That would be so wrong. Can you imagine? 16 hours? The airline and then when you get off the plane, they don't even give you anything usually. They just say, oh, yeah, you have to... Uh... Well, it's the next flight. It says that uh, the airlines apologized to the passengers and said those aboard the plane would be booked on the next available flight to New York. Yep, that's what I said. Oh, my God. Can you just fucking imagine? I mean, imagine you're going to it. I mean, New Zealand to New York is like a big, a major event. Imagine that fucking message by the captain eight hours in. So, all right, so if, let's say it's leaving, in the, maybe it's probably like in the middle. If it was in the middle of the night, it wouldn't be such a big deal. Maybe everyone's sleeping, you don't say anything. Uh-huh. But can you imagine? Ima- no, ima- imagine you have kids. Well, I, I mean, I've, just, just, I've, been, I've been thinking about this a lot, too, just having a kid on the plane. I mean, as a passenger, I was like, ugh, there's a baby. But now that I'm a parent, I'm like, oh, my God, there's a baby. I have to, you know, like, yeah. make it, you know, entertain the baby and... Stop it from crying and all that stuff. The, get get uh, ready for the for the, the turbulence because uh, the air the, the the their ears get so fucking crazy yeah. that like it's 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 un uncontrollable. So yes, yeah, so I actually personally I love the turbulence. Really, <laughs> and I literally close my eyes and then I I fall asleep as soon as they're turbulence. Like bad turbulence, you like? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It, it like it almost like rocks me to sleep. Oh my God! You yeah. are. You know what? You are. You. That is amazing because I was just talking to my friend Ben Snor. We both hate flying, and mm. turbulence. I'm a. I'm a seat grabber. I. You. When I was a child, I loved flying. I loved it. And then something happened. I got older. Probably my. I've. You know. I've imagined my own mortality. And then all of a sudden, flying sucks. But like yeah. I, turbulence, forget it, man. I, I'm like this close to like you know, grabbing somebody every time that plane shakes. I hate it. The only time. That I actually like it is, yeah, when I'm sleeping. And usually it's because of a turbulence. And you know when you're like taking off 
that's when I fall asleep the quickest. Wow. Yeah. You fly a lot. You fly a lot, right? I used to, yeah. When I was doing the um, uh, Hyundai stuff, the car stuff. Yeah. Um, I literally flew, like, especially during February and January and March. That's when it's busiest. And I would literally go every other weekend or every weekend. So this company books you out, and then you, what do you do when you go on these events? I literally stand there and just answer any questions they might have, just kind of almost selling the car, but we're not actually selling the car. They have to go to the dealership to do that. So I'm, we're just literally standing there looking pretty. Do you have to learn, like, are you working for different car companies every time or is it? No, no, just one manufacturer. Okay, so you understand, you have to, so on your, they're calling you up, Ben, we need you on a plane, you need to go to, you know, Arizona or something like that for this event. Are you, like, studying up on the car so you're, like, well-versed, or are you, like, winging it? Usually I don't, because um, I've been there for, like, six years, and their technology hasn't changed much, but they put it in newer cars, or, you know, when there's a new technology, it's brand new, so there's nothing that I haven't, really i'm not confident about but there's certain things that like certain numbers that i would have to just quickly memorize just like you know certain vehicles like you know what's the miles per gallon and that's usually it's literally five questions that people ask how much is a car does it have this uh what's the gas mileage and now that it's all electric they're asking for what's the range uh, what's the price? You know, there's like a 10 set of questions that people always ask about certain vehicles. Dude, so the it's not really that hard to memorize those. The electric range of electric cars sucks. We have an electric... Right now, for now, yes. Ugh. And I think the reason being is because they're more focused on having charging stations available than having the range of these cars. Because a lot of times on average person they're driving less than 30 miles a day we have an electric car and it, mm -hmm. it's like i mean i drove my family in it to uh to the airport what do you back have? we have a bolt okay chevy bolt uh -huh. and it's like 280 miles for a charge but it depends on the if it's cold out you put the mm -hmm. heat on mm -hmm. all of a sudden that makes a difference so you, yeah. my wife drives it to it's her commuter car and we she recharge she charges it every two days, and it's just like she gets you know she drives a lot, but at the same time it's like you can't go anywhere because it takes eight hours to fully charge anyway. Mm -hmm. It's just like I mean for a commuter car they're fine. I mean it drives great. It's got pepped up this fucking wazoo, but it's just like it, the, the, it, that's the biggest problem is the charge the charges take too fucking long. Yeah, a lot of times too, when they give you the range, that's on a like a perfectly flat road. Right, winds kind of pushing against it. You're in the right. summertime in California, like so. Those range numbers is usually never accurate. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think they're focusing more on faster charging, having more charging stations available. So, like the latest Hyundai car that they have, they have level three charging. At like 15 minutes from zero to 80 percent pretty fucking good 15 yeah minutes so is pretty good yeah that's probably the technology that they're trying to push more than 
you know, having a bigger, bigger battery pack because that's going to be more expensive. What do you think they're going to charge for charging charging stations? What do you mean? I mean, how much if you go to a charging station? Uh-huh. What do you think they're going to charge? How do they charge you? So they're they have already these systems to like tap a card and like you have accounts with them. Right, but I mean, like, what's the? Well, I'm imagining like I think about like we had a Prius and the Prius caught to 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 fill it up with gas. It's like thirty five mm-hmm. bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, my Jeep is like almost sixty bucks to fill it up. I'm yeah. wondering like what a, what a electric car is going to cost to fill it up. I think they're doing it in a way that it's uh, kilowatt hours oh, per charge. So like, a, let's say a car is 50 kilowatt hours of battery, then, you know, per kilowatt hours, you be charged amount uh, according to that amount. Wow. But it's usually what, from what I hear is fraction of what you would be paying on a full tank of gas. Hmm. All right. So well, there you go. Yeah. But at the same time, we all know that it's all you know i mean what's what's making the electricity and yeah, unless they put the solar panels on the roof i mean you know we're the fucking cold right 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 they're right, making right. the so, cold to goddamn make the electricity so who gives a shit yeah and that's all. so in a way like um there's at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Saying, you know, there are different ways to get their electricity, but they still have to work on having it more sustainable energy and whatnot. But even then, it's more environmentally friendly and less pollution. Um, Owning and maintaining a gasoline car versus owning and driving an electric car. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, you know... Pick your poison. Honestly, for me, it's just fast. It's quick. What is? Electric cars. They're fucking fast, dude. They're fun. So much more fun to drive, in my opinion. Really? That's the only reason why I want to buy an electric car, because it's so quick. I'm amazed. I'm amazed at how quick my wife's car is. I'm amazed. Ah, What is this fucking car talk? Let's keep going. All right. (laughs) Next story. California woman finds $36,000 inside a free couch she scored on Craigslist. You want to hear about this one? I actually have a story for that, too, but go ahead. Okay, great. Perfect. Okay. So, uh, this is a woman in California. A woman in Colton, California was was perusing Craigslist for furniture and after moving into a new place, scored a free set of sofas that seemed too good to be true. Things only got better when she got the furniture at home. She discovered $36,000 in cash hidden inside one of the cushions. I scrolled down and saw free items 
Uh, she, so I clicked on it, and the first thing that came up was his family wanted to give the sofa and everything in their bedroom, and I said, maybe it's a gimmick, so I called them. The family confirmed that they were giving away the furniture for a loved one who recently passed away, and they were liquidating everything in the house. I just moved in, and I don't have anything in my house, so I was excited, and I picked it up and brought it in. Once she had the furniture back home, she noticed something strange with one of the cushions. Uh, she recalled thinking it was a heating pad, but got surprised of her life when she unzipped the cushions and saw several envelopes filled with money. Uh, she said she never attempted to keep that loot and immediately called the family to let them know her discovery. The family told her that they also discovered money hidden around the property, but only a few hundred dollars. As a reward, they gave her $2,200 and insisted on buying uh, this woman a new refrigerator. I'm not expecting a dime from him, uh, from him. I was not, she insisted. God had been kind to me and my children, and they're all alive, and I have three beautiful grandchildren, so what else can I ask for? All right. Well, that was a much nicer story than I was expecting. So yeah, that's way too nice. I'll tell you a good story. Go ahead. Let, let, so let, let, I um, used to uh, work at a moving company, right? And I was a dispatcher. And uh, so what they would do is, you know, just move people's stuff. And one time, we picked up this customer's stuff, and it was a laundry machine. And so. We picked it up and the movers noticed something in the laundry machine. And it turns out, I think it was like literally like five pounds of weed. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the machine. In the machine. And the boss, he's a little crooked too. He's, he's been inside of jail in and out. And like he has, he's been affiliated in, in the past. Right. And so he looks at it. He takes it. And then he calls the customer saying, like, we're not going to drop off your shit. Or no, 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 no. He, he dropped off his stuff without the weed in it. And the customer calls him, where's my weed at? And then he, my boss is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? And that was it. Why those fucking people leave the weed in the machine? I think they were trying to move heavy loads under a moving company. Like instead of shipping it themselves or, you know, getting caught, whatever, they thought they could just do it with a moving company. And then anything ever happened? Did like this guy get decapitated or anything? No. I mean, there's other instances where he got in trouble, but I don't think it has anything to relate it to this incident. The weed thing's weird. My sister, years ago, she was growing weed. And she had guard. She had like some sort of like tree guys in, and they took everything. They they like they were trimming a tree or something like that. Saw the weed, pulled the weed, took it with them. And my my sister was like, "Well, what am I supposed to do? Call the police?" You know, it's like yeah. there's not much you can fucking do about it. Yeah. But that actually, your story reminds me of uh, I was in uh, I was I, the only time I ever did jury duty. This was back in nineteen. It was probably like nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety seven, ninety eight. And I was at a studio in Greenpoint, and then I got jury duty. I went down there, and my father, who knew the district attorney of New York, told me, just tell them when they, when, they, when they ask you if there's any reason why you can't serve, say that you grew up knowing the district attorney of New York, and then they'll throw you all right out. Well, I said that, and that didn't work at all, and they liked it. Mm. I ended up on a jury for a th I, I was on a two-month jury. Oh, and this is the fucking story. This is the crazy story. So this, these guys up in New York, in Queens, had a, uh, like a car, like a car, um, like a, like a car, a mechanic shop or something, or auto body place. 
they said, and their phones were tapped. So the, every day they were reading the phone taps. So for two months they're reading these phone taps. The cops are reading it, but they can't use any inflection, and they have to. It was the most boring goddamn case. But it was if you if I the way I'm going to tell it, it's exciting. But over two months, it fucking sucks. So what they were doing was they were telling these guys to take a U-Haul van, drive it down from Queens down to Miami, where they were going to meet a guy who was going to give them something. But in the meantime. They had to drive the U-Haul van down to Miami, go buy a water heater, drill a hole in the water heater, and fill it with whatever they were going to be given, and then drive the whole goddamn thing back up to New York. So what they were doing was they would get the water heater, they would drill a hole in the or cut a hole in the water heater and shove it full of coke, and then drive it back up to drive it back up to Queens. They'd close the auto body shop, they'd close the doors, everyone would be they'd distribute it all, and then that would be the end of it. So it was like, it was, it was, it was the, the it, I was working for contractors at the time and I was working for, um, for, I was working in metal worker and I was a you know, contractor too. So like it made no sense. I mean, it makes no sense. So we were in the jury deliberation room and I was just like, I, we were talking and the, it seemed like it was a done deal. And there was one guy who was saying, well, I don't, I'm not convinced, you know, I'm a Star Trek fan and I believe in the rules of justice and this oh, doesn't, and I, and I had to say to him, I'm like, I had to pull out the contract. I said, listen, he said on the phone, drill a hole and put the thing in the thing. If you're a contractor, you would say, I want a three-eighth inch hole. I want the, I want the hole that you're going to cut out. I want to be two inches by two inches. I want to, you know, an inch and a half up. I want, you'd give it, you wouldn't just say put a thing in the thing and then put the thing in it. And I said, the other thing is, why the fuck would they take a U-Haul van, drive it from New York all the way down to Florida to get, to get the, uh, they were saying that we were getting the, the water heater from uh, Florida. I said, you can get a water heater in Queens. Like, what do you, why would you go all the way down to Florida to bring it all the way back up? And I'd explain, I had to like give him like contractor talk. Like you would never do that. And then yeah. we ended up, we ended up, but we ended up being, it was a crazy case because it was like these, these water heaters were filled with cocaine. And it was like, and it was like a whole big thing. It seemed like it's dumb. The whole thing seemed very half-baked. Driving across the country with one, in a U-Haul van with one water one heater, heat, yeah. one water heater with like a fucking, you know, like a, like a patchwork of, of uh, Bondo on it. And it's just like, the whole thing is just so bizarre. And then, you know, all these people thought, well, it seems very normal to me. I'm like, yeah, you know, a fucking $500 water heater has got to go from, from Florida to New York, you know, U-Haul van, give me a fucking break. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've never found free money. Uh, have you ever found free money? Like somebody... I found like 20 bucks on the ground, like 35 bucks on the ground. That's pretty good. Uh, we won giveaways. What kind of giveaways? Uh, my wife won a giveaway to uh, Iceland. That's Whoa. why we went to Iceland. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So you know, uh, everybody knows Facebook. Uh, not Facebook. MySpace Tom. Who's MySpace Tom? You know the guy creator of uh, MySpace. Oh, okay, okay, all right. And he was everyone's friend. And then so what he was doing at the time was on Instagram giving away like hotel gift uh, trips and you know, trips to whatever. And my wife at the time, she loved doing giveaways and tagged me on every, I mean, she still does it. She keeps on tagging me on these stupid giveaways. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. you'll never win. And she's like, you never know. And then when they were just sitting on the couch, she's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. She's like freaking out. She's like, what? And then she was like, I just won the trip. 
And I was like, no way. And then so it was two for two two free plane tickets, four night stay, and I think they even gave us a little bit of allowance. Oh my god. Yeah. And so we actually that was actually one of the best trips I actually been to. See, it was just so nice. <laughs> I'm from New York. I would never. I would. Ne- I would think it's a scam. Yeah, I always. I still think it's a scam. But now that I won, I'm. Oh yeah, you're 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 you good know. for everything. Anything that comes your way, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, publisher's clearinghouse, no problem. Here's my social security number. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> let's, let's not talk about that. My mother, my mother gave her social security number away so many times. I'm like, oh god, it was like, you know, she's like, yeah, but but publisher's clearinghouse said I was gonna. All I needed was to give them their social security number. I was like, yeah, you no. motherfucker, you. And it was uh, nothing but trouble. Um, let's keep going. We got and and, and if none of these just do it for you, we can go on. Uh, asteroid could collide with Earth in 2046. Not too far away. There's one thing. We have California man gets life imprisonment for arranging podiatrist's death. Did you hear about this one? This is a crazy one. So, um, a California man whose wife lost part of her left foot after an improper treatment of an ingrown toenail now faces life in prison after arranging the murder of the doctor responsible. According to, according to Daily Mail, Dr. Thomas Schock was shot and killed outside his home uh, after someone so-and-so-and-so ordered a hit on him for bad medical treatment of his wife. Elmo was, uh, she was found guilty of first-degree murder, murder and sentenced to life imprisonment with no possibility of parole. The, in, the wife's ingrown toenail treatment began in 2011, and when uh, the doctor was unable to fully treat it, he had, to, he had her foot partially amputated. Oh. The doctor was accused of gross negligence, and the Medical Board of California found so many repeated acts of negligence that they took away his, they, uh, they took away his license and retired this guy in 1985. Mm. The, the husband then hired three hitmen... To get rid of him, uh, the guy and the three people were arrested in September uh, after uh, the fingerprints were discovered on the medical board of California document left at the crime scene nearby the body. Uh, there you go. Jesus, that's uh, the husband should have been more careful, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, the doctor should have been more careful too. I mean, it's like I mean, if I you mean, have, he if he, you have, he if, pretty much had it coming. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't you know feel what? bad for. Have the you doctor, ever had an to ingrown toenail? I mean, when does it get to the point where you got to cut your foot off? You know. Yeah, but you know, she went to him, and like, don't worry, put a little bit of this on, it and you'll be fine. And next thing you know, it's just like, all right, by the way, we got to cut your foot off. Yeah, that's that's, that's gross... what I'm saying. I think I there's you know, just because you're a doctor, you can't trust that guy. You're you got to make sure. But it seems like he's been doing this. He's been you know just. Treating patients like shit, pretty much, and there, doing wrong there's, diagnosis. There's definitely this concept in in society that doctors are smarter than us, and that we yeah. have to be able to, and we have to, we have to like trust them completely. But yeah. some of them are just assholes like everybody else, you know. Yeah. Like you know the guy, you know, they're totally assholes like everybody else. So what's the surprise? But Six. however, if this was a one-time thing where this guy was negligent, okay. Then one thing, but it's like over and over again. This guy's like right. fucking everybody's feet up. Yeah. If he, it was, if it was like an honest mistake and like whatever, then 
I'm I, I'm on the doctor's side, but at this point, he's. I'm pretty sure the husband did some research, right? Find out that the doctor was negligent and just fucking doing Locked all him. these, you know, shitty shit. And they could have sued you know. him instead. Might have been easier to sue him. I mean, if you go, that, from- yeah, that's that's another thing too. I'm like, now you know, you just sacrifice yourself. And now you, you're in prison. You know what brings this guy to go for the hitman? It's like, all right, she lost part of her foot. It's terrible. It's yeah. either she's miserable to you told me to go to this doctor maybe that was it maybe it was like uh maybe it was her this was my doctor i i I submitted the at what point do you go for hitman like i mean that just seems like there are other avenues in order to get retribution but hitman just doesn't seem like because you're not getting any i mean you're not getting any like resolve that's another thing too you don't even know how good this hitman is (laughs) Obviously, obviously not that good. Not that good. Yeah. Obviously not that good because I mean, like, they tri- went right back to him. You if know? you were just gonna shoot him in the head, you could have done it yourself. It just seems as though like murder as a revenge is only good for. I don't even think it's good for that one person because the person who's dead is dead. It's not like they're just like, ah, oh, shit, I'm dead yeah. now. They're dead. It's over. So it's just like you're not really gaining anything back. I mean, what do you go back to your wife with the one foot and say, "Hey, what's her name? Peg. Hey, Peg. Yeah. <laughs> that was a peg. That was a peg leg joke." You yeah, go, "Hey, you should hey, have." You know, "Hey, listen, I got rid of that guy. What do you mean you got rid of him? The guy took your foot off. Got rid of him. So now what? I've still got the fucking peg leg." Yep. He should have watched Korean shows. Because there's a lot of Korean shows and movies based on revenge and it's not the type of revenge that americans usually do is just killing the other person no this is like years and decades of just traumatizing the 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 attacker bro we have things to talk about because old man fucked me up. yes yes old man fucked me up to the point where i'm like i don't think i'm gonna watch any more of these critically acclaimed korean movies i'm afraid it's gonna fuck me up even wild yeah i think just especially in korean culture we just have this revenge thing just constantly thinking about the revenge (laughs) you know what our next story is gonna feed into that perfectly but what's going what is that all about like old man is old man's fucking ridiculous uh uh-huh I mean, he it cuts is his tongue wild. out, and he, the girl, and the daughter, and the, 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 the hammers, and the... I mean, that was, like, intense to intensity's sake. Mm-hmm. A lot of Over Koreans nothing, are... really. Over nothing, really. Like, the, 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 the revenge was really, like, over nothing. Yeah. And just, like, this crazy obsession of making the other person feel, like, just in hell, pretty much. Well... And... There's a new Korean drama that's out right now. It's called The Glory. And it's crazy. It's based on true story. This little girl has been bullied in high school. And the bully pretty much got a curling iron and burned all over the body. And this little girl, instead of, you know, she, you know, attempted suicide attempts and all that... Instead of doing all that, she actually started studying and stalking these girls that's been bullying her 
and pretty much now, you know, like trying to frame a murder and all this thing. And it's so crazy. Like how, why? I don't know. And people really love understand it. why Koreans really think like this, but there's two different aspects. It's almost kind of yin and yang, right? There's something called Jung and there's something called Han. Okay. Jung is kind of like positive and you kind of miss the other person and you grow fond of it. It's more like love. Right. And Han is kind of like almost this anger and this um, feeling of, you know. Resentment? Yes. Uh, so a lot of Koreans have resentment and, <laughs> you know, Jesus. and the Korean culture too, there's a hierarchy based on money and the poorer you are yeah i mean i mean there's a huge difference between how rich people get treated versus how poor people get treated and so you know there's a lot of resentment and just anger in a lot of people (laughs) well that brings me to this is a story that maybe you've even heard of horrific reality tv show once tortured a man for 15 months if you think the contestants on I'm a Survivor uh, have it tough, wait till you hear about what happened to this poor chap who had to go through a Japanese reality TV show. The Squid Game-style show saw a man tortured for 15 months with social media user users calling the show premise sick. It's called Sun, Susanu Denpa Shonen, which roughly translates to Do Not Proceed Crazy Youth, and it ran from 1998 until 2002. It placed contestants in incredibly stri- uh, extreme situations and observed their re- reaction. While the show is no stranger to some questionable challenges, the most controversial struggle uh, involved struggling comedian uh, Tomoaki Hamas- Hamatsu, better known as better known as Nasubi. Nasubi translates to eggplant, which is a, <laughs> which was the graphic used to cover up the <laughs> gentleman's <laughs> with the comedian's genitals when he was naked on the air. Dubbed the most evil live stream ever, the game show began by effectively kidnapping Nasubi, ordering him to strip, and left him in an apartment with just a bathroom and an empty kitchen. The challenge was to test Nasubi's endurance and ability to survive in such cruel conditions. Without anything to entertain himself, the only thing the apartment had were a bunch of magazines with sweepstakes in them. The point of the game show was that Nasubi was challenged to raise one million yen uh, using these sweepstakes. It's uh, 6,000 euros. Uh, Once the producer explained the concept and left it to him, Nasubi said, are you for real? The sweepstakes were also the only way to feed himself. Before the bets were started paying off, he was only given a tiny piece of bread to survive on, and even that stopped after the few first few weeks. After the sweep, after the uh, after which the sweepstakes made this uh, him survive. Uh, the, after a few weeks, which was uh, to survive entirely on the sweepstakes, the door of his apartment wasn't locked during the show. But Nasubi explained on the podcast, "This American Life," that you have to go outside naked and ask for help if you wanted to leave. Jeez. Comedian endured an entire 335 days in the apartment after finally being able to reach the monetary goal. As a celebration for his efforts, the producer sent him to a trip to Korea. Enjoying the rewards. Now, wait. Now, all right. So he had to stay in the fucking house until he, until he reached his goal. Then once he reaches goal after a year, almost a year, 
They take him to Korea. Then the producers took him to another apartment and demanded he take his clothes off and challenge him to raise the money again. Some 60 million people around the world tuned in every week to watch Nasubi desperately struggle to make money. For four grueling months, the process repeated as Nasubi was challenged to keep raising money with providing uh, with the provided sweepstakes to pay for a flight home. Upping the request from the regular tickets to first-class tickets, producers wanted to stretch out as much footage of, as possible. Nasubi eventually raised enough money to fly back home to Tokyo. Upon arrival, producers then placed Nasubi in a room that looked exactly like the other apartments he'd become so used to. Knowing the, knowing the game now, the comedian began taking off his clothes, <laughs> thinking it was going to be for a third round. Oh. However, the room was not part of an apartment, but actually a box on the stage of a game show in front of, in front of a live studio audience. Oh, Once no. completely naked, the walls of the box room came down and revealed the comedian in front of thousands of people ending the game. Nasubi had no idea his actions were being live-streamed the entire time. The graphics and the sound effects commonly are mocking the comedian. Left without sufficient food, no external communication, and stripped of his clothes for 15 months, Nasubi's mental and physical health quickly deteriorated. Uh, everything was harsh. Every day was like hell. Uh, uh, I feel uh, I'd rather die than feel like this, he said. Jesus. So, there Japanese you go. Japanese take it too, a little too far, huh? Well, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I guess. I mean, I mean, what else do you say? I mean, the people. Cho- it's, uh, one guy says people chose money over his well-being, and that's an example of it. Uh, but he didn't know. He didn't know. I guess he did not know. I guess he didn't know. One person said it's sick how they literally live-streamed into a document of this mind. Basically, they documented him losing his mind. This is... So. This go. could almost be like a prime example of doing it for the sake of content and just literally destroying yourself. But at what point do you say, if you're on that show, if you're like a producer of that show, at what point do you say to yourself, when's enough enough? You know, where you stretch this fucking guy out for, I mean, I don't think I would last a week, you know. I mean, it's, yeah. you're by yourself. You don't know what the hell's going on. It's crazy. So there just you like go. How many people are just sitting there just like watching? I don't think this is right. <laughs> no, not not enough. Not enough, obviously. I mean, you watch did you watch Squid Games? Oh yeah, I did, loved it. Did you, it was good, right? It was great. But I mean it was I think it was I mean it was a great show, but it was completely foreign. The idea of like these incredible stakes were was I think it was foreign to a lot of people, but it really I don't I mean Maybe that's not the right expression, but I mean, it was it was an intense game. I think they're doing another one, aren't they? They, I think, they, yeah, they said they're gonna do a second season. But I think the concept is, I wasn't shocked that Koreans were doing it, but I think <laughs> really? I was shocked that yeah, so many Americans loved it. Well, do you know? I th- I believe it, what's interesting is is like actually when I was talking, I had. Uh, I had Jimmy Durest on, and we were talking about his show, uh, Making Fun. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that, I made the point that Squid Game's success, a lot of the success, I mean, it was almost like a, uh, uh, it was almost like a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Because it was, it was right in the beginning of lockdown. And like, oh, yeah. Yeah. you really didn't have a whole lot to do. And it, was, it just created, it created this content that was like unavoidable. But I mean... 
I, I don't know. I wonder if it would be as, as as popular as it was. I watched it. I watched it. I found I found myself being every episode being more desensitized to cruelty, which made me more kind of that was more upsetting than the show itself. The fact mm. that I was preparing for these people to be, you know, brutally tortured. Like yeah. that was the weirder part. But I'm not 100% sure. Like, if, if Squid Games came on now, I'm not necessarily sure that it would have been, had the same, had the same response. I don't know. I mean, I, th- you know, that's the other thing is like, I thought that, I thought the Jimmy show was going to do better because they did it during COVID. But like, I mean, it, it, you know, it, he, he even said, I mean, I talked to him about they're not going to pick it up for a second season. Mm. But, uh, you know, I don't know how these fucking shows work, but that was like a fucking monster. Squid Games was crazy. That is crazy. I mean, it is true because even the writers said he wrote it like, what, 20 years ago or 10 years ago? That script for uh, Squid Games. So it might be, you know, just you got to have the right timing. The right timing. Yeah, the right yeah. does. Crazy. Okay, you want to keep going? Let's go. Here is we have some weird one weirder ones. Those were those none of those were terribly weird. This one's this one's bizarre. This one's bizarre. Ballet director suspended after wiping dog feces on a critic's face. You wanna know about that? Uh yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is this where is this Was work? it wet? Was it Well, I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it. I'm hold it hold what you got. Quite, let me read the story and then we'll have we'll investigate the we'll CSI the whole situation. We'll figure it all out. A German newspaper critic had animal feces spread on her face in the city of Hanover by a ballet director who apparently took offense at a review she had written. The Hanover State Opera House apologized for the incident and said Monday that the suspended ballet director, uh, he was suspended immediately. The Daily Frankfurter something, something, something reported that a furious uh, the conductor approached the dance critic uh, during the interval of uh, the premiere at the Opera House and asked what she was doing there. It said that the two didn't know each other personally. The newspaper said that the director, who apparently felt provoked by a recent review, she, the writer had written of the production he'd staged in uh, the seat of government, The Hague, threatened to ban her from the ballet and accused her of being responsible for people canceling the season tickets in the opera house. He then pulled out a paper bag with animal feces and smeared her face with the contents before making off through a packed theater for foyer. The newspaper said uh, it w- they identified the substance as dog feces and said he had filed a- she had filed a criminal complaint with the German news. Uh, with the ger- uh, with, uh, filed a complaint in a statement to the website. The Opera House uh, said uh, personal integrity was violated in an unspeakable way. Uh, that uh, and it said that um, it contacted her immediately. The Opera House contacted the writer immediately. Uh, to apologize. The Opera House said that the director's impulsive reactions violated the ground rules of the theater. Blah, 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 blah. Um, Yeah, so there's a lot to take in here, Ben. (laughs) And the one thing we need to wonder why is he's in the middle of an opera house with a paper bag full of shit in his pocket. That's, That's number one. That's number one. He was ready. He was well, there's other. T- there's two ways to go. He was either prepared for her to show up, and he had the. He had, I don't know why you go paper bag. I mean, I will pick my dog. I use a plastic bag, but I'm not prepared to like you know 
reinstall it somewhere. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, we're not talking about. I mean, it's usually you pick it up, tie it up, throw it out. You don't expect to keep it in your pocket and do something with it. Yeah. And paper bag through the smell is just going through. Oh, the paper bag is useless. And in your pocket? Most likely, he saw her come in. It's like, oh shit, she's here. So she go, he goes out walking, yeah, looking for a dog that's about to poo, and he just grabs a quick paper bag from somewhere and just asks the owner, hey, can I use your dog poo for something? And gets that. Now. So and fresh poo. Now you're making sense. Ooh, because it isn't, the, it isn't, it isn't that, that he got it before the show started. Somebody must have said something to him, mm-hmm. like during intermission. Oh, by the way, that critic is here. What? What? What am I going to do? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, what can I do to make as big of a mess as possible? He and then improvised. He, he improvised. Yeah. He went out. He picked it up. He got it. Um, uh, it says that uh, an artist must tolerate criticism, even if it's seems exaggerated you know the the whole idea was that he felt as though um he got a bad review well there was a lot on the line i mean obviously the review cost them you know seatings and stuff like well they're saying this is a premiere so how did she even see it before the premiere i i i have a feeling i have a feeling that there might have been it might have been two different things i might i think it was the i think that the 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 opera house has multiple showings of different things. And then mm. she saw one, she made a bad she made a bad review of the opera house. And then cuz it they were saying that it, it caused season ticket holders. So like if you're going through there, maybe maybe he had more than one thing and then she just showed up for another showing of something else and then he ja- he jacked her with the poo. It's not good. It's not good. However, however, what's interesting now especially on social media is a lot of influencers now are food critics. You know, you see, mm-hmm. I, I follow all these guys who go to a restaurant and then they'll, I ordered this and they make these very exaggerated reviews of the food and they're usually like, what I hate about it is, what I like about it, there's one guy, there's one guy who's um, awesome, awesome. He, it's called Righteous Eats. He's mm-hmm. this guy from Queens. I, I think he's Korean, uh, and he goes to all these small mom-and-pop shops through Queens and New York, and then he highlights them, and he highlights their nationalities, and he highlights their food, and he's very respectful, and he's got this, like, old-school hip-hop voice. He's fucking awesome. And, um, but he doesn't, like, go out of his way. as opposed, And then he goes to support the restaurants. And there are other guys who will be you know they'll sit in their car and then they'll eat this and this is no good and this tastes like shit and, da, 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 yeah. and it kind of you know makes or breaks these restaurants and it's usually just for the sake of content as opposed yeah. to helping the restaurants so i actually really like those uh yeah just like you said those uh content that's actually you know helpful yeah raising awareness of certain you know restaurants that you would have never known and um, things like that. But there's, yeah, so many influencers just pretty much doing the same exact reviews right. as the other people and going there and just trying to show their opinions about it rather than trying to showcase the, the restaurant itself. And, 
Yeah, you're right. It's just. But at the same time, very annoying. <laughs> you can't just start smearing shit on people. I mean, yeah. that's just like. I mean, that's like Lord of the Flies. I mean, that's like barbarism. I mean, yeah. that. I mean, that could have been the worst way to handle that situation. Then, I mean, now all of a sudden, you know, you're not going to get the the love and admiration from the theater goers because they're just going to think you're fucking crazy. You know, yeah. all of a sudden it's like, you know, shit bag is, is going to get, give anybody is going to get the shit. You know, it's like, you can't, I can't be, in, I can't be associated with a, with an opera house where the, the guy doesn't like what they say and he smears poo on someone. That's yeah. outrageous. But yeah. I understand his frustration too, but yeah, what he did. All right, so who's who's more who's more deranged? Now, now we're getting into a question. The the guy who killed the, podi- the podiatrist, who overreacted more? Here's the question: Who mm. overreacted more? The podiatrist who did the hitman got the hitman on the on the podi- on the the guy who got the hitman on the podiatrist who whacked off his wife's foot, or the 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 theater director smeared feces on the on the reviewer who who is more in the wrong i would say the theater director he was oh you think he's more, more in the wrong yeah wow too uh, dramatic you think he was too dramatic but i mean obviously obviously killing someone is far more of a is far more of a i think yeah i mean which is more because rep- of the reason right because of the reason right. Right? oh okay okay so if if the fil- uh, the the writer if she was known to be a prick and right. just fucking writing bad reviews all right. the time and shutting down opera houses, then, you know, it'll be okay. But I don't know her situation, but, you know, him smearing that, he's only bringing more attention to her now. She, right. She's probably more popular now because he uh, did that. Uh, Whereas... I mean- the the doctor he's dead. <laughs> yeah, but she's she's got to be sick of hearing about it. Like she's also all of a sudden she's shit face. I mean they're they're, they're making yeah. fun of her all. The, I mean she's yeah. now known for what was it like that being. True. Yeah. But so could either one of these stories become uh, Korean movies, or is it not enough? Is it too? Is it not enough? It'll thoughtful? be maybe a scene. It's one not. It's scene? not enough. Is it not enough thoughtful revenge? No. The, you could. They could play it off so like they'll get this idea and then revenge will be completely different but right the this just the revenge is not gonna be they're not thoughtful enough yeah yeah it's too too simple yeah Yeah. it's just instinctively you know just smearing shit or hiring a hitman so yeah korean movies there's a lot of thought going into it (laughs) years of like building up to a certain moment right yeah You'd have to put you, the, the the if it was a Korean if it was a Korean movie I would imagine that what the director would do to exact revenge would be like book her on a you want a holiday to Iceland and then you get her, you send her to Iceland and then there's something weird happens in Iceland and then maybe she gets a little poisoning and then all of a sudden she doesn't feel good and then it's got to like last a while it seems as though it's got to last a long time you can't yeah. just be like smear poop and she dark. can't die no she oh that's the thing right they have so to he was close live to be in hell the whole time oh jesus yeah <laughs> so that's it. it that's part revenge is witnessing see that's the reason why the podiatrist was was no good because i mean he's he's dead now one two three and it's all over and then you're not getting to you're not getting to relish in their misery 
Yeah, you you don't see him suffering. Oh, okay. You have to like you physically have to see the other person suffer. Wow, that's a good revenge. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, let's keep going. Here's a good one. Uh, this is a little bit more lighthearted. A uh, nursing home apologizes for hiring strippers for the seniors in wheelchairs. What this one? Does this sound good, or want to keep going? Um, give me a second. Let me let me use the restroom real quick. All right. Okay. So, guys, listen to me. Listen to me. Ben Ben Pake, Woby Design is outstanding. He's outstanding, and he's making all this great content. He is making uh, this. The skateboard decks that he does are beautiful, and it isn't just about the skateboard decks, it's about the colors of the the plywood and stuff like that. That's number one. Number two is you got to follow his YouTube channel. You got to follow. He got a Patreon too, so get help him out. He got a kid on the way, and now as we know, he ain't gonna that, that he ain't gonna take that ro- that giant trip in the in the Sprinter van because this you got to get rid of that Sprinter van because they got the kid coming, right? So that's that. We got a lot of good stuff coming up in the pipes. Um, here, I think he's coming back. We'll see. Well, he's coming back. He's coming back. But uh, I got some good stuff coming up. Um, uh, and then we're gonna figure something. Are you ba- are you back? I'm back. All right, all right. So so you want to go with uh, nursing home apologizes for hiring stripper for seniors in wheelchairs, or you want something else? Keep going. Let's do something else because okay. I think that's a, that's completely okay. All right. <laughs> uh, Southwest pilot threatens to return to gate over air dropping nude photos. Do you know about this thing with people going yeah. on planes and they're air dropping nudes? Do you know about that? Y- I do know about this. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read you the story, and then we're going to talk about it, okay? Yeah. So, um, Cabo, Cabo, Cabo San Lucas, I guess, uh, was almost a no-go for passengers on board a Southwest Airlines flight. The pilot about the Southwest flight, which hadn't left the unman- unnamed airport yet, went on the plane's intercom threatening to return to the departure gate if iPhone users didn't stop sending nude photos to him and others via airdrop, the airdrop feature. So here's the deal, the pilot says. If this continues while we're on the ground, I'm going to have to pull back to the gate. Everyone's going to have to get off, and we're going to have to get security involved, and your vacations are going to be ruined, he warned uh, in a viral TikTok clip of the incident. Uh, so you folks, whatever that airdrop thing is, quit sending naked pictures and let's get yourself to Cabo. Southwest Airlines told the Post the safety, security, and well-being of customers and its employees in the Southwest team's highest priority all the time. When made aware of the potential problem, our employees address issues to support the comfort of those traveling with us. Uh, the pilot had... Um, the pilot had don't make me turn this play around uh, plane around energy and I love it. So I guess do you know about what's going on on fucking airplanes? Because I felt those airdrop things and I kind of just disregarded them. So okay, so you could turn on your airdrop so that it's either every everyone or contacts only or like none or right. whatever it is, right? right? I don't know if they still do it, but if you do it so that you could accept it from everybody and you airdrop a photo. The preview of it shows up, I think, instead of like, oh, you click it and it open, you open it and then you see the picture. Right. So you would see the picture right away. You what, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I it just pops up. If you're, if yeah. you're, yeah, 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 yeah. So honestly, I just don't understand. I guess after 9-11, it seems as though... 
you know these 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 pilots don't put up with any shit you know you remember like a few years ago um like united united airlines had like issues of like kicking people out all the time yeah i feel like that's when it started getting bad well it's just the amount of abuse these poor people take and it's like the funny part is is like yeah all right so uh, do you think it's men or women sending the 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 pics oh it's usually a single man for sure <laughs> you think so you think it's just like there's like no way who's yeah you're right you know like if you're in a relationship you're not gonna do that because your wife's probably gonna say something you're uh you got a family i don't know you wouldn't have time to do that kind of stuff someone who's literally bored have nothing to do and want some kind of reaction from other person is probably doing it and i feel like it's nowadays it's just everybody should be smart enough not to interact with that and i just like i can imagine like on a if you're on a subway and you're gonna get off yeah like but at the same time, it's like being trapped on an airplane. Like when I got it, when I got the airdrop, it was as if it happened, it happened like immediately. Like, so I'm very surprised that. But you don't know who sent it. You know, I mean, I, I didn't really, I didn't really care. I didn't, I didn't see it as, I saw it as a mistake. I thought that somebody was mistakenly sending something to, to me and they just were like shooting it, you know, like looking at someone's Wi-Fi or something like that. I didn't really think too much of it, but then I started reading these stories, and I'm just like, oh, this is a fucking pickup line. Like, I didn't realize that it... I, I'm, so it, for some reason, it must actually work. Yeah, I mean, who knows? There might be someone who's desperate enough to go into the bathroom with them. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you just never right. know. I'm going to read you off a couple more, and you decide what you want, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Tesla owner has chip implanted in hand to make unlocking car easier. There is woman woman eaten by 20 cats after dropping dead at home. There is woman crashes into a Popeye's because their order was missing biscuits. Ooh, I like that one. Okay, and then I'm going to read your last one because you like cars. Dad has a really awkward reaction to son telling him he's having an intimate relationship with his car. Is that the guy with the red car? Yes. I, I remember. Do you know seeing, about that story? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about the guy who's boning his car, or do you want to go <laughs> fucking Popeyes? It's so funny. He kisses her like every day. All right. Well, let's. We're now. We're going. Now you're a car guy, so you're not. But you're not as much of a car guy as this guy. No, no, no. no. So one father's reaction could uh, couldn't mask his. Rea- uh, one father really couldn't mask his reaction to some very unusual news his son was sharing with him. After finding out who or what his son was in a relationship with, it was the dad had no choice but to ask a series of painful questions. Now, I, what I can do is I can... So there's a guy on a, with a red car, and he's about to tell his what dad... What car was it? It wasn't like a, even like a nice car. It looks like a Miata. It looks yeah. like a, kind of a, a cheap Miata. So what I can do is... Uh, so it's TLC's show, My Strange Addiction. Uh, I can play the audio or I can read the transcript. Play it. <laughs> All right. Hold what you got. Let's see if I can get this going. Simple practice. All right. So there's an ad coming here. I got to get rid of this ad. But uh, so basically. All right. Skip that. Can you hear it okay? Uh-huh. Nathaniel asked me to come up here. Basically, he had something that he wanted to tell me. So I don't know exactly what it's about, but I'd like to know uh, what's going on in his life. 
Yeah, there's something pretty important I want to talk to you about. All right. Um... I'm, uh, I'm just going to come out and say it, I guess. I'm in an uh, intimate relationship with Chase. Chase is um, the car. Sexually and emotionally. <laughs> You're in an intimate relationship with your car. Yes. And sexually with your car. Yes. It's your car. Yes. <laughs> how does... I mean, how does that work? <laughs> you have sex with a car. Mainly it's just a lot of just rubbing up against him. Oh. Um, oh, my God. Oh, it's him. Um, certain, and, and it involves masturbating as well. <clears throat> Help me out. When did... I mean, this started... <laughs> Help me out. Hold on. It, it mainly started when I was younger. I just didn't have a lot of friends. And, um... You've always been kind of a loner. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I always <laughs> liked it a lot. All right. It's, just started having those feelings more and more after I hit puberty, and it just became more and more serious after that, as far as the sexual side and the emotional side. All right, oh I just want to stop God. to say to paint the picture this kid, he's not a kid, he's like looks like he's in his 20s. Yeah, yeah, is, I remember is, seeing his face, and I was like, he's way too old to be. He's washing the car, but he's doing a shitty job, like, he's got a brush. And he's just scrubbing this one part of the car. He's got one hand on the car with his palm and the other hand with this soapy brush. And he's just rubbing this one spot as if he's oh, actually cleaning the car. He's doing God. a terrible job. And the dad is miserable. Should I keep going? No, I think this is enough. <laughs> is this enough for you? It's enough for you. I, you know, I, I, it is. So it's amazing that number, there's a couple things. The amazing thing is that he felt the need to go on a TV show, My Strange Addiction, and drop this bomb to his parents or his father. The other strange thing is the father agreed to it. And I don't understand how this guy can go on with his life, frankly. Like, I don't understand how you can be a part of this town knowing you are the guy on this TV oh, show. I mean, he seriously. He's literally <laughs> just literally ruining himself. Yeah, he's ruining himself. Oh my it's God. so it's so bizarre what people will do. Uh, and he reassuring. So he at one point he says, uh, "The father says, was it because I wasn't around?" Oh <laughs> and my then God. He, the, then the, the son says, I feel "Well, bad for the dad. I'm not." Bl yeah, he, that's just like oh the worst God. part is is like you know I think that I believe that you could probably have a great relationship with your child and accept the things that about them that are the way that they are. You're never going to get exactly, you're never going to, you in your mind of what you want your child to do is never going to happen a hundred percent as if you want it to. It's, you know, the person is their own person and your, their proclivities are going to emerge. However, it's like, I just don't know why you'd put me in that position. I don't know why you'd put me in the position. If I was the father, would be like, I don't know why you're putting me in this position of humiliation by doing yeah. this on a fucking shitty TV show. Yeah. You know? Why don't you be weird without having me having to be on this shitty TV show? Yeah, now, I, now the dad's questioning himself and his identity. Maybe this is a Korea, long game Korean movie. Oh, that maybe. would be the thing. Like uh, that, oh, now, maybe would... in the past, the kid, uh, the, the the dad uh, picked the car over the kid and like go on a, went on a ride by himself or something. Right. And the right. kid has that embedded in his. 
That's it. That's it. So the so the, the kid's a baby, and the father decides I don't want to I don't want to take care of the baby. I want to ride my car. Yeah. And then and it was a red car too. And it was a red car. And then all of a sudden, throughout his life, the kid grows up thinking that the the, the father likes the car more than him. Mm-hmm. Bingo, bango, bongo. I'm gonna start fucking the car. And the kid makes the dad think he's a loner. Right. But- the whole time he's just planning out yeah. his whole, yeah. whole and the, ten years. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I gotta get into this TV show, right? I gotta. I'm get. gonna. I'm gonna. And then, most likely, he's been masturbating in his dad's car. <laughs> like this is all. This is all this extensive Korean Korean drama in obviously West Virginia. I mean, these people are clearly not from. These are not New Yorkers, for God's sakes. No self-respecting New York would go on TLC to to talk about it, boning the car, or yeah. rubbing up on it. This kid is smarter than I thought. There you go. Oh my! So you God. can love a car, but can you really love a car? Oh, ben Pink, ladies and gentlemen, will be designed. Woo! He's about to have a baby, and. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to everything you do. I always look forward to and I just let you know for all those people who don't like what you do, fuck them. Fuck them because the people who like what you do love what you do. Yes. I'm so, I'm so thankful to be here and thank you for oh, you having a good me? time here. Well, listen, that's part of this 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 podcast is I want to have a good time. So if, yeah, obviously you're probably never going to be able to do anything ever again because you're going to have, for the next three years, you're going to be dealing with, you know, at least three years. Just do me a favor. When this baby's born, don't pick your car over your kid. Otherwise, you know what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Fucking, you know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the real moral of the story. I'm never buying a red car. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you got to watch it. That's the moral of the parenting story. Watch out what you do in those early years. Otherwise, your kid's going to grow up to fuck your car. Oh, yeah. we don't want that, do we? <laughs> so, guys, go follow Ben over at Wobi Design. Wobi Design on Instagram. He's an awesome follow. Go subscribe to his YouTube channel, Wobi Design. Go check out his Patreon. Support this guy. You gotta pay, you gotta pay for that red car somehow. You gotta pay for that red car somehow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, guys. So we will see you next week, Ben. Thank you so much. You have an open invite. Anytime you want to come on, you're always welcome. Thank you so much, Chef. Thank you. you All right, I'll see you. Make me feel comfortable here. I know what I'm doing. I like coming back here. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Listen, don't go on any of these other flea bag podcasts. I know what I'm doing, Ben. I know what I'm doing. I really don't. This is the only podcast I want to go go on. Well, you have an open invitation, guys. All right, listen, we're going to see you later. And once again, thanks, Ben. Thank you. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.